0: I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Amy Burdick is a licensed marriage and family therapist with a specialization in trauma. She began her practice in community mental health where, where she observed the typical approach to treating anxiety and depression, which was to... Quote, stop the bleeding but not heal the wound itself. During this time, she began her training in EMDR in order to empower her clients to safely reprocess and heal from the wounds that seemed to later reveal themselves as anxiety and depression. In her practice, Amy is committed to creating a welcoming space where she can partner with individuals, families, and couples to move out of pain and conflict and toward a life of fullness and strength. Welcome, Amy.
1: Oh, awesome. <laughs> Great
0: Hi. to be here with you. It's so Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm really looking forward today to talking about how trauma affects our brain, body, and relationships.
1: Mm, yep. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Tell us about your journey
0: to become a marriage and family therapist.
1: You know, it started after my undergrad. I was working um, in a church community, more in administration and leadership development, and it was not my passion. And one of the people who worked there... um, was a licensed therapist she just happened to be working there and she kept noticing um over the course of the weeks that people would stop by my desk all the time and she was developing um was more of a peer counseling um i think ministry and she um asked if I would be interested in helping her with it and then asked me if I actually wanted to go through the training. It was a six-month training. Mm. I'd have to do it on top of my job um, so I'd have to stay after eight hours for two to three more for training for about six months then go through this um, having a few people that I met with and I ended up really liking it and she encouraged me to check out graduate school and It led me to Fuller, where I got my graduate degree, and um, that's kind of how it just started. Within an eight-month process, I really realized this is the journey I need to be going on. And I'd been through therapy throughout my life. I'd had my own trauma history, um, so even as a young girl. So therapy is not something that was taboo in my family at all. It still is not. I'm very lucky for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I just hadn't considered (laughs) getting more student loans. So um, it really... It was through my experience of meeting one on one, finally having more than just a personal friendship with someone, and seeing the difference between me sitting with a friend and having a conversation versus having a structure and clarity of how can I be with this person mm. and how can I help them move through or be with what they need to experience. That felt super powerful for me. Um, and graduate school just was the natural next step.
0: Yeah. What led you to specialize in in trauma?
1: That came a little bit later. Um, graduate school is a bit general in terms of depending which school you go to. Um, It wasn't until um, I started my, what we call traineeship. So you're in school, you're not yet graduated, um, and you are an intern, essentially. And I started meeting my clients, and you get a variety of people. But I kept noticing that generalized anxiety is one of the most common diagnoses. People come in along with depression as well, the varied depressions. And um, I didn't seem to feel that the tools to regulate it were enough to help them move past the hump of it and people would often then look through, uh, to medication which is wonderful and some there's it's a necessity at times but sometimes it's not um and it was through um a friend of mine who went through the same program as me she had discovered EMDR through a random meeting with a woman who was established in La Cunada who I now work with K. Smith, Smith Counseling Group, um where she told me um, you seem to be getting a lot of trauma. And I didn't realize what I was dealing with was trauma. And that's what also made me sad was I thought, man, I have been through graduate school, and I don't think I had picked up on the origins of some of these issues. And she started to explain to me what she had been learning through EMDR of what trauma really is and what it does. And it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I started my own research, and then I just dove into the training, not knowing what I would do with it if I wanted to pursue it. But it ended up becoming – um, my main focus, I would say 90% of my clients come in for EMDR or they end up wanting to do EMDR. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really grateful for just the structure that it provides. Well, two
0: questions, but yeah. I want you to answer first just how would you define trauma?
1: Trauma, in a simple way to describe it, it's an event that occurs that disrupts the central nervous system, which then makes it difficult to reprocess Um, memories and experiences. Actually, that's more of a definition from Bessel van der Kolk. He's a giant in the trauma world. Um, I'm going to talk about him probably a lot in here, but it really impacts how the body can actually move through experience. Um, It doesn't mean that all trauma causes us to be completely paralyzed, but some can. There's a spectrum of trauma, but regardless, um, it's not simply a mind issue. It's body as well. It's mind-body connection. And the disruption of that, the ability to um, think clearly, the ability to be with one's body, the ability to almost think of trauma as when you walk into a building, but you forget to take your sunglasses off and you can see some things clearly, but some things are a bit hazy. That's what trauma seems to do. It puts a haze over what feels safe and what feels clear. Um, And reprocessing a trauma can kind of help either clear out the fog of those sunglasses or take them off entirely Mm. so you can see clearly what's safe in front of you.
0: And what happens when, I mean, how you mentioned that there's big traumas, little traumas, how stress can be related to trauma. Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Stress is definitely um, related to trauma. I like to think of trauma on a spectrum. So big T traumas and little t traumas, um, if that's the wide spectrum. And most people would consider trauma the in the big T category. And they would seem to disregard their own traumas because they think, oh, it, I guess that's a little t. A big T would be what most people would consider, oh, natural disasters that they've gone through, a war veteran. Actually, EMDR was developed by Francine, Francine Shapiro in 1989 for war veterans um, who were unable to even leave their homes. So unless they're going through that, they think, oh, certainly I don't have trauma. Um, Uh, on the lower end of the spectrum, the little Ts, which stress is a really great example of that, we tend to disregard our body's signals that something's wrong. Stress can feel like heart palpitations. It can feel like knots in the stomach. It can be a migraine. I can't tell you how many people have come in with chronic pain, chronic migraines um, in their jaws. Uh, And I have found that some of these might be little mini Ts, like say a basket of 10 little traumas, whether it's a, a relationship issue um, or work issue, feeling like they're not heard. So they might feel minor, but usually the origins are much earlier in life, um, whether it was received from a caregiver or whatever it might be. That's what I, um, I really enjoy working with attachment-related trauma because it doesn't seem to be that attachment-related trauma needs to be related to abuse or direct neglect. Um, that's someone we want to report. It can be a lack of connection with their primary caregiver, in any way, in any, any, any way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, and I don't say this to—I always am really careful in my practice. We're not looking for enemies for um, why you're the problem. Who caused this for me? It's EMDR is not about let me make sure I get it perfectly accurate. Was this right? Was my mom neglectful? Did she not love me? It's how did I take in this information? Ima- I always give this example. Imagine like a four-year-old comes home from preschool and she drew this beautiful picture and she wants to show her mom but her mom happens to be on a really important phone call and she's tugging at her mom's dress and, and the mom's like you know honey just give me one minute one minute and finally she has to be a bit stern because little girl's not getting it and mom isn't meaning to make her feel unloved or that she's not there for her and the moment she gets off the phone she'll go right to her but the little girl in that moment can take it in because she's young mm-hmm. she doesn't know how to read that moment and mom didn't do anything wrong but it's just an example of how we can take in a moment and think oh I'm too much oh that was wrong oh I'm not good enough or oh I really need to leave this person away I, I can overwhelm people mm-hmm. you can imagine how those over time if that doesn't get totally met or acknowledged can become a bigger middle-sized T, where we start to change and cope differently when we're around other people we can hold back And when you know, like if you're in a relationship and you're in a fight with someone, um, think about the way that your body responds to that. Shoulders get tense, our stomach starts to gurgle, we can develop um, a lack of appetite. All of these things start to look like generalized anxiety, depression, wanting to withdraw. And so I just get really curious about the symptoms around what my clients are coming in for and how early they started, whether or not they're aware of the connection
0: so what kinds of symptoms do you usually see
1: um that's a really excellent question the ones that usually come up the most often are related to anxiety i would say Um, lack of ability to take full breaths maybe they don't even realize um, that they're not really breathing um chest pains stomach the gut the mind gut connection is huge so they're they might think they have ibs which they actually might because they developed it over time Um, acid reflux is something i hear often Uh, lower back pain which um, unfortunately can be really connected to sexual abuse Mm -hmm. Um, i deal a lot with uh, those cases and migraines especially i work with a lot with women they have no idea why they're walking in with chronic migraines i don't necessarily know actually it's really different for each person but I'm shocked by how often the debilitation of migraines come for women, and they just have assumed, oh, this is just what I deal with. I'm trying to change my diet, which is lovely, but um, it's sometimes more than, than just that. Yeah. Thank you. Can you explain what EMDR is? EMDR stands for, it's an acronym for eye movement, I'm going to get this, <laughs> desensitization, reprocessing. Um, And it's a bit of a connection to the eye movements matter, similar to REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. They just discovered that by similar to REM sleep, when your eyes are fluttering back and forth um, during dreams and you're reprocessing information, they realize in real time they can create the same bilateral stimulation of the brain um, through eye movements. And now other kinds of bilateral stimulation can be buzzing or tapping on someone, both sides of the body. Um, But that's that's the definition mm-hmm. how do you see that it works for people how do you
0: help them through so we you know someone has a trauma yeah and they have these bodily sensations they've gone to lots of mm. medical practitioners they're not quite sure what to do maybe mm. they're listening to this podcast and saying hmm <laughs> this might be something i want to try i mean you can find a therapist that can do this yeah is there a resource?
1: Yes. So I was trained through the EMDR Institute, which was developed by Francine Shapiro. So that's the one I, I recommend most simply because she developed EMDR. Um, and they have a website where you can go on and see who is trained, who is certified, who's a um, consultant. So that's one really great resource to check out. Um, You can also look on Psychology Today, and you can actually, similar to looking for attachment related or CBT, you can just type in EMDR. It's one of the most common therapies now that people are searching for, which is so great. I'm so happy about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what would a session with you look like typically? That's a really good question. Um, So EMDR is an eight phase treatment. It doesn't actually take super long to get through to it, but the... A typical first session would be pretty similar to most people, which is gathering history, getting a sense of what are the present issues, and then what also um, is the family history, while also getting a sense of, um, it's developed, there's a model that we use called the Adaptive Information Processing Model, which gets a sense of what are your present experiences, what are some of your worst experiences, and what are your earliest experiences um related to these sensations that you're having whether it's same issue with your partner that you can't get your head wrapped around um current recurrent negative cognitions will kind of go over have a list of those that they sometimes we don't have language for what we're feeling from i'm alone i'm never gonna um be worthy um those kinds of things um We'll get a sense of what are those themes for them. And also, I, again, I will focus mostly on the body. So I'll just get a sense of daily, what do you notice when you wake up in the morning? How's your sleep? Um, how's your appetite? Uh, even as we're talking about this, that's usually what I do most of the time is as we're talking about you and your partner right now in the fight you just had, what are you noticing in your body right now? And they'll be like, oh, I don't know. I'll just take a moment. I want you to just take a breath, and I want you to literally body scan. So just first breathe with your head. Now notice your chest. Now notice your stomach. And boom, all of a sudden they have a connection to their, oh, wow, I do have a knot in my stomach. I feel that all the time. Tears. You know, there's defenses and protections we all have. So I say our first couple sessions are you slowly starting to get to know how I work but also how your body connects to the work. Um, Processing comes In phase three or four Um, some clients are able and ready to jump right in because they've had lots of therapy before so um, that's important Um, I don't work the same way with everyone but if it's your first time doing any kind of therapy we might go a little bit slower so that way you feel safe um, with these new connected sensations that don't always feel comfortable especially if it's in the gut
0: So then you help to move someone through Mm -hmm. those sensations
1: it's about the window of tolerance so Most of us on a daily basis will go into a hyper arousal mode, which looks a lot like high anxiety, panic even, where we're just buzzing, right? And that's not comfortable. Or hypo arousal, where we're a bit dissociated, disconnected, maybe really disconnected, where it's a bit scary, or not really aware of what our body's feeling. Window of tolerance work with EMDR is all about finding safety with what's uncomfortable, And a lot of that comes with being with somebody who can walk them through it, almost allowing their body to be a roadmap where they can care for themselves and stay with the uncomfortable. That's where processing happens. Because when, like I mentioned, the central nervous system, what happens when traumatic event happens or we're re-experiencing, central nervous system overrides everything and goes into, like amygdala goes into overdrive, fight or flight, and it says, wait, danger, let me shut everything down. I'm going to protect you. Which is thank goodness the body does that, mm-hmm. but long term we need to reconnect. So that's what mostly the sessions are. Is can you stay with that for a moment? I know that feels difficult. Zero to ten, how uncomfortable is it? Does it feel safe to stay there? Does it feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, we stop for a moment and we talk about it,
0: or yeah. the whole session. Sounds like a lot about what I do. Does that's it exactly really what I do? Oh, tell <laughs> me. <Yeah. laughs> no, just that people they experience it. You know, car accident and injury. Yeah. Or just a moment where they got this pain and then they became disabled or Uh. you know socially they can no longer go out Mm -hmm. and so we move into this pain Mm. knowing that it's safe to move they have to know that you're safe that Mm. you're not going to hurt anything you're not going to re-injure anything but it's a lot of times we have to move into some pain yeah Um, if you completely ignore or avoid Mm -hmm. the pain your body gets so
1: stiff
0: and Mm. atrophied and weak and then you know some people can't leave their home anymore because their muscles are so weak but it just sounds the same Mm -hmm. like do you feel safe just Mm -hmm. know you are Mm. you know you're i love that you do that That yeah it's amazing yeah that's really interesting so um i would like to talk a little bit more about those Bodily sensations that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Could we yeah. um, talk a little bit more about maybe, yeah, pain? Like,
1: oh, how gosh. you help people? Yeah, chronic pain and in, in particular can be a really difficult um, animal. I think to deal with in terms of EMDR because it's usually complex um, <laughs> trauma. Complex trauma and a single incident trauma are two totally different animals. The research shows one single incident, no trauma history. You can be in and out three to six sessions reprocessing something. Boom. Awesome. Complex trauma where you have learned to repress, don't even realize shut down, store away, or we're never modeled proper coping techniques, which really means to me what coping means is being able to feel safely and then move through. Mm-hmm. Coping doesn't mean, okay, how do I put it away and just set it aside? That's There's mindfulness where I can notice and then let it move. Um, But stored pain is a really uncomfortable space for most clients to go because they don't even know that they're doing it. So often what I'm asking them to do is to stay with a sensation without even noticing if it's connected to an event that they're clear about. I think um, sensations like, I think I mentioned earlier, the gut and the back, and the jaw or migraine, I think are the ones that most clients tend to want to move away from as quickly as possible when we're in the room going towards it. Mostly because these sensations probably like, you know, it shuts them down. Like a migraine for some of my clients if they get one, they're out for three or four days, Mm -hmm. they can't function. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot. What's called, um, um, I don't know. I forget the term. It's not coming to mind, but we're we're jumping in and out of the processing so sometimes some client can't stay in the sensation of especially the gut I mean imagine knots upon nausea upon sometimes hot pain will rise up for some clients can you imagine staying there I've had I've had a client need to actually throw up in session and I always have a bag ready I try to normalize it too because one thing that's actually positive and I try to remind them is I'm actually really glad when I hear your stomach gurgle and when maybe you're feeling nauseous because that means your central nervous system is coming back online, which means you're in that window of tolerance. So as long as you feel comfortable with it being there and safe, let's stay there. So it can it's a lot of gross feelings that some of these gut sensations are stress i have found for most of the my clients and women i've worked with are all in their jaw and their throat a sensation like a knot a you know we most feel that when we're about to cry maybe we feel choked up that is something that often can be connected with words that were never spoken words that we didn't even know that we needed or had again i worry less about those words coming out sometimes they do flow as we stay with the bilateral. But sometimes it's just them emoting and acknowledging that's pain. That just feels like fear. That's fear and I'm picturing my grandmother or I'm picturing this sensation. Um, even stress can look like um, I have had a f- wait, so many clients talk about tingling sensations, um, shooting down their arms, um, which is more of a buzzy anxiety feeling versus scary heart related issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to Those are probably the most common somatic se- sensations that will happen mm-hmm. in the room.
0: So how do you guide someone? So you unearth some of this. Right.
1: Yeah. that's. Oh. And then to mm-hmm. send them home with... Great question. How,
0: yeah. How do you...
1: That is such a good question. One. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, I really... So again, with the eight-step process um, of EMDR, before you even get to processing... You need to make sure your client is what we call resourced. That means before we even tap into the trauma, we're saying, what are these safe spaces that we can go so your system learns? Because you're not just reprocessing negative neural pathways that have learned to fire certain ways. We need to turn on the other neural pathways that are about compassion, safety, containment, self-love. Um, sometimes those have never been turned on or they've been atrophied for quite a while. So similar to like if you're pumping iron and your left bicep is your trauma bicep <laughs> and it's been pumping or anxiety and stress and your right bicep can only maybe bench two pounds, we need to make sure that this one gets much more um, uh, more reps in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a really important part of the process. And again, if somebody hasn't done therapy before, we're going to stay there a lot longer before we even touch the trauma. Um. so that looks like mindfulness tons of breathing techniques I do a lot of visualization um, uh, which sounds really basic but honestly the imagination is one of our most powerful resources in terms of self soothing and coping and it's less than a woo woo moment of oh just let yourself feel good it's no 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 you're trying to learn to access maybe a neural pathway that was never given to you mm which is the Would of work. you feel
0: comfortable doing a uh, visualization so I could experience that oh, and yeah. what that might feel like for someone? Yeah. Cuz that sounds amazing, I think, yeah. you know, to have a yeah. arm that never gets worked and, you know, mm-hmm. you feel like uh, the arm that's stressed and tra- traumatized mm-hmm. and regularly gets beaten down mm-hmm. is really pumped up yeah. every single day. Yeah. And then that I think that was a really good kind of metaphor for Yeah how important it is to have be loved and cared for and to show compassion mm-hmm. and to have those strong relationships that can help you yeah. get, you know, let that bicep kind of calm down a little bit and not
1: mm-hmm.
0: be in fight or flight mode all the time. So, yeah, because I think even what you're describing, I feel like, you know, we're talking about unearthing some very painful memories yeah. or uh, unearthing, you know, it's, it's almost like they've lived with their gut Oh, for so yes. long that it's almost i find it's kind of crazy but for some people it's almost become kind of their companion uh, their back pain
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it's why they can't vacuum mm-hmm. or they can't do the la- laundry or mm-hmm. some can't work because of their back pain so there is a little um mm-hmm. uh just you know thinking of changing mm-hmm. uh you know people don't want their back pain yet Mm -hmm. to think of not having their back pain and then unearthing Mm -hmm. a really traumatic event could be hard Mm -hmm. all that to say is it would be wonderful to hear a visualization and what that would sound like
1: you know what i could do um i love that you talked about the friend of the the trauma or whatever it is they're holding because i think you cannot ask somebody to release something unless you have something else to offer them. Yeah. And they should not have to give that up until they feel confident about the other. So I could give you three of the main, and they all will can flow together. We could do a quick, where it's the number one exercise every um, one of my clients gets is the container exercise. It's a mindful exercise, visualization. Um, Safe space or um, just a peaceful space. I often say peaceful space because safe is sometimes a triggering word for mm-hmm. some people. And then um, also because I really enjoy attachment work, that self-compassion um, sometimes can come from people we have known in our lives. Sometimes we don't know people um, that we have felt loved by. So sometimes we have to get creative. So I go by a model um, by another um, well-known therapist where we focus on developing three different kinds of attachment figures, a wise figure, protective figure, um, wise, protective, nurturing is the third one. Um, we can choose one of those three. You can develop your container and then we can go to your peaceful space and peaceful space can be a space you've been before. It can be, um, like a vacation spot, a hiking trail, your bedroom, or a completely different space that you just imagine feels. If you were to imagine walking into it, you could Connect with all the sensations. So let's start with um, your container. A container is anything that has like has a lid and a lock. Could be a shoebox with a lock, and it could be a vault. But just where you can let your those intrusive images or thoughts or stressful thoughts, you just say, okay, for now I'm going to press pause and just set you over there, aside, lock the door, and then I'm going to let myself go to these other spaces. Is there anything that comes to mind for you when you imagine a container? a place like a location no container for the intrusive thoughts so anything that you want to go let me press pause on this they're just running through i have so many things on my mind today and it doesn't have to be trauma it could even just be oh my gosh all those phone calls i have to make Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i have to do this that and the other let me press pause and let me just set them aside in this little box lock the door and now i have space for me does that make sense it does so what would i put in that container what was your what would your container look like Oh, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I
0: really like just uh, being outdoors. Yeah, I really like um, that feels very safe to me.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. And if there was a box that we could put outdoors that you could say, I'm going to leave it right there in this beautiful place. Is there a a sort of box that would be good to just say, I'm going to put you right in there, close the lid while I enjoy this beautiful space? Uh, Like a wood box? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. And um, let's also explore a nurturing figure for you is there it doesn't have to be someone in your life it could be someone that it could be a literary figure it could be an animal i mean we get super creative is there a nurturing figure that comes to mind for you that you i would say my dad perfect let's do that okay so i'm going to have you close your eyes for a moment and before we even get to the container i want you to just allow yourself to take just three connecting breaths focusing on your rib cage. And just noticing as you breathe in, how your ribcage can open up with your lungs. And breathing out. And as you're breathing, I want just a, a, a mini stressor to come to mind. You don't have to name it, but just one thing, or it could be 10 things. And once you have it, I want you to imagine that wood box container And if you can, just try. And it's okay if that muscle isn't there yet, but just allow yourself to first open up that container, see it from all sides, maybe smell it. Does it have a smell to it? How thick is the wood? Really see it. And however you need, whether it's symbolically to put that stressor in the box, maybe it's a color, maybe it's an actual image, put it inside that box. And let me know once you feel like it's in there. It's in there. Okay. So now I want you to take a moment and I want you to see a door and behind that door is that beautiful outdoor space, a peaceful space for you. And I want you to walk towards that door. And as you open the door, I want you to be able to allow yourself to notice all the sensations from sight, smell, touch. Maybe your shoes are off and you can feel the ground beneath your feet. Maybe the weather is beautiful and there's a slight breeze. But once that door is closed, just take a moment to be there. And I want you to check in with each part of your body. Start with your head, putting two focus breaths there. Just noticing the sensations, allowing them whatever they might be. Moving to your chest. And then slowly moving to your stomach, your core. Even if it's tight or if it feels relaxed, noticing that. Now, I want your nurturing figure, your dad. I want you to just allow yourself a moment to notice how you receive nurturing. Is it a look? Is it a touch? Is it a word from him? And as you're experiencing that with him, again, I want you to do a body scan, head to toe. Notice, does your chest open? Does it feel warm? Just noticing when you receive nurturing care, how your body responds. Even if there's a slight tension, and that could be for so many different reasons. It's just noticing without judgment. Give yourself three full breaths. and connecting to when you're in this peaceful space, a phrase, this is what we'll end on, a phrase that represents this space for you. It could be as simple as peace. It could be something more, but I want it to be personal to you. something you just keep inside. And as you breathe in every other breath, just notice and repeat that internally to yourself. And notice where that phrase or word settles in your body. Take one more full breath. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. How was that? That was good. It was short. it was really
0: but fascinating. Yeah? Yeah. Tell me what you noticed. Just how you take took me through that. You know, to take that thing that's always h- hanging on yeah. me, it feels like very, you know, kind of that tension, that stress mm-hmm. that's always there yeah. um, that I can never really get rid of.
1: <laughs> mm, how was it to put it in the <laughs> yeah, box? Yeah, so I'm that curious. was interesting yeah. to
0: actually visually put it in that box. And it did feel very freeing mm-hmm. to come out of it, <laughs> just to leave it there. Yeah. Because I don't think of it of, oh, I should put that down. Mm. You know, that mm-hmm. I I just, mm-hmm. because it's just something I think about all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, So, yeah. And then to have my dad out there. Yeah. And my dad just has the most, like, soothing voice. Oh, lovely. So I heard him speak. Yeah. Mm. So that was really mm-hmm. grounding mm-hmm. for me. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, that was really refreshing. I really just feel like it's helpful for people to. You know, some have never been to therapy before and they just like, what is this?" I don't (laughs) know, you know, but just to feel, just to give an example of maybe what that could look like Mm -hmm. and how freeing that could be. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure a long session with you would be (laughs) fantastic. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah. One, I did have another question. We had talked about um, shame. Mm. And you had talked about how that really does affect our relationship with ourself mm-hmm. and our relationship with others. Could yeah. we just talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. So shame and guilt are often really. Um, people think they're pretty similar in terms of definition, and really, um, guilt points the finger at. A thing and it says that thing I did I'm not super proud of it I don't feel great about it but I know that thing happened and I'm sorry I can apologize and I'm gonna figure out ways that can help me move through and past shame points the finger back at us and says you're a terrible person what is wrong with you that you even said XY and Z that you did this shame are often reflected images that we've experienced whether again like that little girl who for a moment misinterpreted her mom's need for a moment on the phone As something's wrong with me something's inherently wrong and when we feel shame we often feel small because shame wants to put us in a pit and it says stay down there there's no reason to even come out so we often end up hiding who we are which means sometimes we feel shut down so sometimes people go into more dissociative states because it's better to not feel anything so they are disconnected from their body some people feel so uncomfortable with their shame that they might feel panic pretty often because they feel such attachment related needs are more connected to those needs and so they're constantly reaching out and pursuing relationship but that energy actually creates disconnection so then more shame is heaped upon them and it becomes what feels insurmountable and shame is often something we don't want anyone to know about we don't want anyone to have a even a taste of what we might feel about ourselves and so what I try to do is have as best I can a listening ear for many shame messages sometimes they sound like self-deprecation sometimes they come out in how we talk about whether or not um someone is there for us or if we can you know count on another person sometimes it shows up really obviously we don't have we have little to no connection to other people um and we're simply focused on this one area of life that keeps us from being connected regardless of the reason we have all come into this world needing people I mean, a baby needs to sit in front of her mom, his his or her mom, and she needs mirroring the, to show what are safe feelings to have. Shame says no feelings are safe, and you must keep whatever you feel to yourself. Can you imagine how dark and scary that is? Mm-hmm. And therapy, generally speaking, without EMDR is so wonderful for releasing that, but what I love about EMDR is sometimes, especially for those who have never done therapy and the idea of sitting in front of me and thinking that I'm just going to look at them and think, oh, what is she going to think of me? EMDR can be really freeing because even as you're processing, you don't always have to share every little bit of what's going on. That's why I often try to stay with what are your physical sensations right now? Um, And I'll say, what are you noticing? And they might share just a tiny bit of it with me. As time goes on, usually... That script or that narrative of what's going on gets more detailed. And um, as they begin to trust me, that experience is something that's really important, too, I would say, is with a friend or with a therapist is knowing that they're there for you. They're holding you mm-hmm. they're You're a container in that space for them, knowing your trauma doesn't scare me. Your shame doesn't scare me. The lack of clarity of what your pain does not scare me. Your physical chronic pain that no one has ever had answers for says you're crazy. Fibromyalgia isn't real, (laughs) right? Right? Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, that's another podcast. But um, I I think that process of someone saying, I still am here and I have you and this is a process, sometimes that's a brand new script to ever hear. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I have clients who like to talk a lot through their processing and some are just... They will give me just an inch of information, and that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to know that they can walk into a therapy room and not always have to share all of it right away but also do a lot of work sometimes is a really good beginning point for some people. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful that that's been – I didn't realize that that was an avenue to EMDR that I could add into it because I always thought, oh, no, our job is to just simply open them up. And I thought, no, that comes with time, like any relationship. You can't mm. expect someone to feel safe in their shame. Mm-hmm. That takes time to heal. Thank
0: you for bringing it up about how it takes time, how it takes time to heal and to be patient with ourselves and to allow ourselves to heal. Mm. Thank you for bringing up just the topic of trauma mm. and stress and how this can impact our bodies and our health. Mm. I would love to know your ideas to help us better connect with our bodies mm. to move us towards health. What resources,
1: mm. thoughts do you have about that? Oh, man. Um, I I would recommend um, resourcing yourself through learning and taking in information about what trauma is. It's similar to being in group therapy. You'll start suddenly start to realize, oh my goodness, there's a reason I feel this in my body. There's a reason why I feel it in this way. I'm not crazy so one book I highly recommend is by Bessel van der Kolk um, called The Body Keeps the Score Um, it's a thick book but I don't want you to be scared about it because it goes from vignettes to information it's really readable and you also can find it on audible highly recommend Um, there's another book I'm forgetting the total name but if you want to get a crash course in attachment theory in terms of how it relates to relationships it's called attached can't remember the rest of it, but you'll find it's on Amazon. It's very popular. Um, movement is, um, to me, one of the most important factors where you can actually begin to trust your body again or to reconnect with your body again. So um, there are two different kinds of classes I recommend from a just any old dance class that y- maybe you as a little girl or little boy love to do certain kinds of movement. Go back to that dance mm-hmm. class. Um, Other ones who have never done dance before, and that sounds scary, there's this um, technique called Alexander Technique. It sounds like it's just for artists and actors, but it's not. And what's great is it's not a performance. So you're not learning moves. You're just letting your body move. The good news is nobody's looking at anybody. So I recommend that. I'm a big yoga person because it's breath to movement. So one breath in, you take in, you have one pose, and you breathe out, and you have the next. So even if you've never done yoga, yoga is... I don't care if there's somebody who's doing a headstand, there's probably another person who's never been there in the class. It is usually the most welcoming environment, um, at least the ones that I've been able to attend. And then basics. I mean, from if you're not a meditation person, that can take some time to build towards. Meditation can be 30 seconds to three minutes to three hours for some of us. So there's a million apps. But as basic as we were talking about grounding a little bit, and grounding can mean Take your shoes off, take your socks off. If you're in your house, feel the tile, feel the carpet. Grab your keys if you're feeling a bit disconnected from your body. Move it from one hand to the next. A koosh ball, one of your kid's toys. Go out in the grass. Feel the grass beneath your fingers and your toes breathe in do that breathing technique or get the container exercise and allow for a moment that container's not going to hold it forever you're going to it's like a muscle like i was saying you have Mm -hmm. to try it often the visualization is really important Um, practice it every day think of your container every day maybe you put nothing in it maybe you try Um, but put use your container go breathe for three minutes Mm -hmm. somewhere and then go and start your day start there but i really think reading about trauma um is going to create a lot of safety and excitement that oh there's a way Mm -hmm. because yes there is you don't have to just live with it you can actually um understand your trauma in a way that you've never been able to because it really disorganizes us but once we understand how the brain works then there's less shame for why you're feeling what you're feeling. There's um, less fear about why your body is doing what it's doing. You can breathe with it and resource it. That's great. Yeah. Thank you very much for
0: sharing your wisdom and your wealth and for sitting with people. I think Mm. what you do is just beautiful that Mm -hmm. you would – sit with people, because I think a lot of us were just moving so fast from thing to thing. We have these Mm -hmm. stomach aches. We have this neck pain. You don't know why, but you just go to the next thing. And Mm -hmm. the fact that you sit with people to try to uncover Mm -hmm. what is the root issue. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Um, And also just to testify to what you just said, I went to the beach with my family and some friends Mm -hmm. yesterday. And I was feeling tension in my body, just Mm. some stress going on and Mm. just taking off my shoes, jumping in the ocean was, it lifted all, I mean, all of it. Oh, that's incredible. It was incredible. That's so great. (laughs) I was was just in the ocean swimming. Mm -hmm. We were in Manhattan Beach and it just, there was nothing else to think about other than Mm -hmm. I feel so loved, and I that feel so, so grateful, and I just feel happy to be alive. Mm, that's a You know, there's story. no other reason. There's nothing else to think other than that in those mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. it was so grounding, and I left the beach thinking, mm. wow, what? What was that stress? I mean, because mm. sometimes you can't verbalize the yeah. stress that we hold or mm-hmm. the tension you hold. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even really get the words out. Mm-hmm. So to be able to jump in the ocean and it feel the cold mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. sounds and the smell and the sky and yeah. the warmth of the sun, it just really did something for my body <laughs> yesterday. I love that. So thank you for your tools. <laughs> yeah, you uh, just helping us understand how that helps us mentally mm. and physically. And mm. I love that you said dance. Yes. That is so cool, too, mm-hmm. how many of us just don't do that anymore. I know. And I love that you said that. So thank you for yeah. that reminder. So as we close, what are three regular practices that help mm. you
1: stay healthy? Oh, gosh, what a good question. You know, I working out, and that can mean anything from – I'm going to go walk my dog for 20 minutes to, um, strength training. And I've, I've in this last year, it has become my new love, (laughs) right? So, um, I can't say enough about, uh, this is what I'll say. Um, it has taught me how to care for my body regularly and feel disciplined and to feel, um, stronger, even emotionally, physically feeling strong, um, I, I am an introvert extrovert, so I need time alone. I love being with people, but I know that when my <laughs> house starts to look a certain way or my car starts to look a certain way, I'm like, oh, you need to just, just be with yourself and that's okay. Put your headphones on and clean your house and that's fine and be alone. And, um, sometimes connection means connecting to yourself. Yeah. So um, it doesn't always have to be to other people. So um, those are probably the main ones That's for me. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. How welcome.
0: do people reach you? Do you have a website? Are you on Instagram? Are you yeah. on social media?
1: Um, I So I work in a small private practice group. It's just me and two other therapists. Uh, it's called Simeth Counseling Group. S I M M E T H. Kay Simith started it. She's an EMDR <laughs> giant. Awesome. She's so good. <laughs> so I'm on there. I'm also on Psychology Today. You can just look me up um so those are the two main ways great yeah awesome well thank you thanks for being here thank you yeah
0: balanced by beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong the information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice